For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, football, college football, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining us on the Carne Asada is one of the Dodgers broadcasters, one of the voices now of the Dodgers of Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who, the pride of La Playa of Huntington. <laughs> yeah. Steven Nelson. Steven, ¿cómo estás, amigo? Uh, bien. ¿Y tú? Bien, muchas gracias. Uh, you know, I was, I live out in Orange County. I was raised in Orange County. So seeing that... Uh, one of you, uh, one of the Orange County people made it is is very encouraging. Wait, wait where? Whereabouts one? In the land of gracious living known as your Belinda. Uh, hey! That's li- where my sister lives and my brother-in-law and my nephews. Yeah, man. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We're yeah, up in Europe was, for quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, back when I was a kid there, it was just uh, uh, the only Mexicans there were my cousins and I. But now <laughs> it's it's changed it's changed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, the demographics have evolved, right? Yeah, exactly. The demographics. Yeah. But no, it was nice to see that an OC kid has made it. So Let's congratulations. Go. And not all of us can be magnum cum laude, all right, Stephen. Oh That's God. all I've said. <laughs> I, I don't. I I, the, I I wish I could shake. If there was like one thing I could scrub from my bio, it'd be that. Because like I don't know how that always ends up on like you know a press release about a show at MLB Network or doing broadcast for the Dodgers or doing an event here. They always seem to like force that in, and I'm like I didn't. I, I it doesn't. Nobody knows what that means. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. I wish I could scrub that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell our viewers, I will tell our listeners what that means is Stephen is very smart. He's very intelligent. And you should <laughs> never apologize. You should never apologize for that. Thanks, Stephen. Juan. Thank you, Juan. Well, the old saying, kids, is fake it until you make it. And uh, so, you know, it's just or know what you're good at and go, go, go that route. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, I, I want before we get into it, I do want to just see if you are aware of this. There is this on social media. I think it's no. our friend Eric Stephen does this. 
keeps tracks of the records of the broadcasters. <laughs> Yeah. So you are aware of this, right? So I, I am aware. You're, you're yeah. kicking everybody's ass. So, so <laughs> I, I joke with Eric about this down in the dugout all the time. I'm like, why? Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you do- <laughs> you're doing this to all of them? It, it is um, it is it's great broadcasting games for a really good baseball team. I can't put it any simpler than that. I have zero to do with it, though. People seem to think that I have everything to do with ruin ruining perfect games. <laughs> or jinxing special things on broadcast. So both both are true. I have nothing to do with perfect games, and I have nothing to do with the success of the team. Uh, but I am having a blast with all of uh, my outstanding colleagues here at Sportsnet, and we're having a blast watching this 2023 Dodger baseball team. But uh, I, I can't. Zero credit. Zero credit to me. <laughs> I, I mean, in all seriousness, I, I mean, you make it look seamless. I mean, I have to remind everyone that this is your first year. And yeah. with the Dodgers, you they do something a little different. It's not like you are just working with one person. Like, right. You're working with multiple people. How did, did you have an opportunity to build any of that chemistry? Or does that go as the season progresses? It's uh, It's been on the fly. Like, so Jess and I... Jess Mendoza and I met for the first time in Seattle, like clinch, clinch weekend, never met before, let alone work together. So it was, um, you know, not, I don't think it's a scenario that either of us would have hand selected, like working um, a potential clinch with somebody you, you don't know at all, but um, everybody has made it so easy for me to kind of double Dutch into things this year and just be a part of the team. And really that was my whole focus coming in. Like, you know, a lot of folks, they ask about the dynamic of, you know, being a backup or the quote unquote number two and no aspirations. And I'm like, honestly, like I'm going to, I stop everybody right there. Like, I don't care about any of that. Like I, for me, this is a chance to be a part of the greatest organization in baseball and work with a lot of really talented and fun people. Uh, I get to learn from Joe. Um, so I'm I'm in full happy to be here mode. So the fact that Oral and D Train and EK and Jess, I haven't had a chance to do games with Nomar, but I've obviously done pre and post with him. Like they've all like opened their arms and brought me in has um, has meant a lot to me and my family. So um, yeah, but I, from a broadcasting standpoint, one it's it's not the perfect world to be meeting somebody on on the air live while you're trying to make a, a good first impression your first year with the new team exactly because I, and i get you know let's let's show everybody let's pull back the curtain or you know let everybody see how the sausage is made but yeah. like i said and i don't mean to like wash your balls here but it's like it's really it's really hard I, i'm yeah. really i'm sorry for being grotesque there but it's really oh. hard to not like step on the other person. Like, no, yeah. when to set the other person up, when to pull back, like that kind of stuff. And for you to just uh, meet your partner, and now you're gonna call not only a game but a weekend where they could clinch. And those were like playoff games that you were. They really were. Oh, you weren't kidding, man. And like the clinch night, like we're gonna like if you ask our producer Michael Levy, that was one of the more chaotic, hectic nights you could possibly imagine you couldn't predict a night like that where it's like okay the giants lost both times so now it's a win or a d-backs loss and they're watching the d-backs game and nobody neither the cubs nor arizona wanted to win that and it was like all right this one it's going to be over one way or another and it kept 
kept going and it was just like and then the Dodgers have a chance to win it in a tenth and Mike Ford, respectfully, of all people, like all right, pushes it to the eleventh. And it was just like just an utter uh, shit show for lack of a better word. I you know, I'll I, I, you know, I'll match your uh, wash the ball segment. <laughs> but, but it, it's it, a competition it, of crudeness, Steven. Let's yeah, go. Let's yeah. Ro- Roger, you better bring it. You better bring it when you're up, man. Um, no. So it was, it, again, not the, not the uh, smoothest script, uh, whoever wrote it, but it was, it definitely made for a more memorable weekend. I will say that. You know, I, I you mentioned it earlier about how you know fans listening to you, watching you, mm-hmm. uh, they blame you. Oh, we lost a no hitter because he mentioned it and all that stuff. But yeah. you came, you came from, the, you were doing Friday night baseball with Apple, and I really I thought was. that you guys got a really bad rap uh, uh, on that. Like, it's one of the things that I think is the problem with baseball now is that baseball is no longer national. It's regionalized. Mm, right. So it's like if you hear people calling a game, the same thing happens with the ESPN guys or the Fox guys. Whenever they're doing a national game, all oh, these guys hate us. They're always right. talking crap on us or, or they like yeah. the other people. And I'm poor Katie yeah. Nolan. I thought Katie Nolan got beat up for no reason. Like, what was that experience like for you? Like, in order to improve as a broadcaster, you kind of do have to listen a little bit, right? All right. So in the spirit of what you mentioned earlier, kind of drawing the curtain back and letting people in, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I won't give you like a boilerplate answer here. Last year was really difficult. It was difficult on all of us because, you know, what folks don't know or probably don't care to know is, is that we were asked to provide a different broadcasting experience. I think, you know, Apple wanted, they wanted more of a podcast feel instead of a traditional baseball broadcast, but nobody knew that. No fans were aware. And so for fans who were tuning in, expecting, you know, a a typical national broadcast, let alone, you know, a broadcast featuring, you know, their favorite play-by-play broadcasters, their favorite color commentators, their favorite field reporters, they're, being treated to something they're like what why is there so much talking why is there why is it so different yada, yada. there are a lot of unanswered questions for fans so on one hand it, you know it was it was frustrating to go through that but on the other we sort of understood like look i think it's human nature to resist change like you know people like what they like and they dislike what they dislike and if they find something that they do like they don't want to stray from that and i think that's especially true when it comes to baseball, right? Like mm-hmm. you could have the smallest uh, rule change and people will blow it up into something, you know, crazy. It's like, like they're making the bases how much bigger? Like that, that I, wait, the pitch, like, you know what I mean? So I think any sort of change is, t- is tough to digest. And so as a fellow human and a fellow fan and a content consumer, I empathize with that. But there were, there were definitely a lot of um, stones thrown our way, especially at Katie. And, you know, there are some deeper rooted issues there, I think, when it comes to sports fandom and they see a, uh, a woman in a broadcast booth and they feel some type of way. But the way that um, that kind of um, came to life was not cool. And I, I will defend Katie to the end of time. She's one of my favorite people. Um, we met the date again, 
she was hired like two days before our first game. So we met in the booth in, in Anaheim. So, but we became fast friends and we still talk to this day and she busted her ass, man. She really worked hard. It was just, uh, um, you know, I think, um, for all of us, it was a big learning experience. And for me, like it was, it definitely impacted my confidence, man. Like when you see all the criticism, you're like, Oh shit. Like I really can't suck tonight. And, this is a this is one of those jobs where the harder you try to not make mistakes, like for me, the more mistakes I ended up making. And um, I got to the point where I was like, maybe I'm just a studio host. Like maybe I'm not meant to call play by play. Uh, like I genuinely believe that. And then out of nowhere, the Dodgers called. And it was it took me a while for me to kind of understand, like, Hey, they're calling for a reason. Maybe you don't suck as much as you think you do. And um, so this, this, all that to say that this year being with the Dodgers has really been uh, a blessing and it's um, given me a huge boost, not just in my career, but I think in life being back home. So um, very grateful for, for the opportunity here. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Kudos to you, man, to to go through what you went through and then get to put the, in this situation. I don't want to say you paid your dues, but maybe it was owed to you karma wise that you fall into <laughs> this this Dodgers situation. I mean, the, the other thing, and I think you handled this er beautifully earlier in the year. You had mentioned about the stuff that Katie was dealing with. And let's just go out there and, and say what it is. The, the misogyny that Katie had to, to, to face. Now, here, I love, you can't come to Los Angeles and, and ignore the diversity. As much mm. as people want to sit there and say, ah, it's just about baseball, it's about winning or losing, I, I don't care. It's like, look, if you can be blind to that and not see these things, good for you. You have a superpower that I don't have. But 100%. I can't ignore the fact that we have a broadcast team that is diverse. We have Dontrell on here when Major League Baseball, there's a lot. I mean, Mookie the year before was begging them. We need more African-Americans in Major League Baseball. We have Dontrell on here. We have Jessica Mendoza. And not only Jessica Mendoza, she, she, she's also a Latina. Mm -hmm. Like, I love when you go out there and you have to represent the whole Asian-American community because you, right. correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, are the only Asian-American doing play-by-play -play in Major League Baseball, right? Yeah, I mean, Adam Adam Amin does national games for Fox, but in terms of working for a team, I mean, just broadcasters of color in general, you have Dave Sims in Seattle does TV and radio, Robert Ford does radio for the Houston Astros, and then after that, it's crickets, right? I mean, Jenny Kavnor does some work for the Colorado Rockies, Jenny's awesome, um, but you're really kind of having to think about it. Um, and you really can't find much after that, which is, which is a shame. Um, and so I, I'm talk about pride in your work, like to, to having done games where it was me next to D train and Kirsten Watson down on the field. That's, you know, or, or me, Jess and Kirsten, right? Like that. Um, I think that says a lot about this organization, which has stood for that representation and diversity for generations now. Right. Going way back. You know, this is Jackie's franchise. Right. This is Fernando's franchise. Jaime Carin's franchise. You know, this is, um, you know, Billie Jean King. You know, the, the list, the, the list goes on of um, examples of this 
Dodgers organization kind of stepping up and trying to be reflective of the community that it's in. Mm-hmm. And it means so much to. And so that is a part I, like I, I know people want to simplify it and to stick to sports and just call the baseball game. We don't care about anything else. Um, that's a certain uh, type of person who has the, the luxury, the privilege of saying that. And so for, for us, we're going to kind of uh, bang the drum for our respective communities and the Dodger community as a whole. So and that means a hell of a lot to me. It means everything to me because um, it's, it's just about the, the, it's just about the people behind you. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be able to do this forever. And so if I can push the door open a little bit further for uh, other Asian American kids, other broadcasters of color, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, and I'm, and I'm not going to apologize for that. And I appreciate you saying that because let me tell you, I was there the other night, Guatemalan heritage night, and I'm out in the center field plaza. And when they sang the Guatemalan national anthem, I saw a bunch of fans getting emotional because they were hearing it. And for me, what that is, is I know some people aren't fans of these heritage nights, mm-hmm. you know, to each his own or whatever. But yeah. when you see someone and you see how emotional they get, it's because they're being recognized. Here is an organization, a baseball team that who knows how long they've been fans of. And mm-hmm. for the first time, they feel they're being seen. So I yeah. applaud the Dodgers for doing something uh, like that. A hundred percent, man. Again, like if if you don't like the the heritage night, this is and I don't speak for the organization. This is just for me. Yeah. Um, that's that is fine. That is totally your right as an individual. You, this the, the night isn't for for you. Like I think it's it's important for people to live beyond their own experiences. I'm not saying don't come, I would encourage you to come because you might learn something about another community that you didn't know. And so like, maybe it's too idealistic for us to say, like, shouldn't we as humans like want to become more empathetic and more understanding? I think so. Not everybody believes that way. Not everybody agrees with us. But uh, again, those those nights are, are really cool because it is like you said, it's just making sure that people feel seen and welcome. And it is really cool to t- look out in the stands and see people's reaction to, you know, the, the different anthems or the trivia board on, on, on the video board here and, or the, the musical acts that come and supplement the evenings. Like it's just some, um, it's a really, um, a lot goes into them and I, I applaud this team for pouring as much time and energy as they do into them and being so inclusive. Absolutely. Uh, Roger, let's uh, let's change gears and talk about this Dodgers team. Uh, you you want to have Steven uh, convince you that everything's going to be OK when it comes to the playoffs? Oh, wait, Roger, are you skies falling? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not skies falling. I mean, OK, OK. I mean, I, I'm convinced this team is, 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 is in for a deep run. I mean, but we're just we're, we're concerned. Okay. Our biggest concern is this whole season has been the pitching staff. Right. Like, I think mm. that's the, the major concern. Like they've kind of just. You know, put this pitching staff together. Like, how is that going to work in the postseason? Are they going to be able to sustain yeah. that? Like, how are they going to, without having, you know, their, you know, because every team's going to throw, you know, their best number one, their number two, number three. Mm-hmm. How are the Dodgers going to do that? I mean, it's, this is going to be, honestly, I don't think anybody, anybody who pretends to have the answer to that question is, is, is full of it, to be honest, because it's something we haven't seen. Because typically, the teams that are going deep in the postseason, they're riding a trio of horses, right? You think about 
uh, the Nationals in 2019, it was Strasburg and Scherzer and Patrick Corbin and then a good back end of the bullpen. Or you think about the most likely opponent, it seems for the Dodgers and the DS, the Milwaukee Brewers, they will have Corbin Burns, they will have Brandon Woodruff, they will have Freddie Peralta, and then they will have Devin Williams waiting at the back end of the bullpen and some other pieces who have emerged as a year ago along. For this Dodger team, it ain't going to be that, right? This is not going to be conventional, but that doesn't mean that it can't or won't work. It just remains to be seen. And I think it'd be one thing for fans or for uh, for anybody, forget fans, I'm not trying to make this a, a fan versus media or fan versus broadcast thing. I think one thing that kind of adds to that anxiety for people when thinking about the Dodgers postseason chances is that the bulk of these guys are inexperienced. It'd be one thing if it was a bunch of Ryan Yarbrough's, right, who are veterans who have done different roles before, who have opened a bunch of games, who've been the bulk guy for a bunch of games, and they know how to handle it in the under the brightest lights. Fact is, we just don't know about these Dodger rookies yet. Now, they have answered seemingly every regular season question you could throw at them, but they'd be the first to tell you, and Doc Roberts has talked about this ad nauseum, the post is different. The post is different. Talent isn't a, it's not a question of talent with those guys. It's a question of can you handle your emotions, not just lows, but highs, knowing that one inning may be great and the next inning may bring some challenges. And can you ride those waves? Um, and we don't know until we know. And so I think that's why there's so much angst um, to get there. Like you just want to hit the sim button on these last two weeks of the regular season, but just get to October healthy and let's just see, let's just rip the bandaid off and get it over with. So we know, but we don't. And so that's kind of, it's the beauty of it. And it's the darndest thing at the same time. Stephen, um, is it fair? Because for most people, they will say the Dodgers have overachieved this year. Everyone mm-hmm. thought the show pods were going to win this division. And yeah. now the Dodgers might have a chance of winning 100 games. Stephen, so how do we... The Dodgers have overachieved at this point. Because at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of people that thought the show pods were going to run away with this division, right? Yeah. Nobody thought the Dodgers would have a chance at winning 100 games. They even have a chance to to get the number one seed if things go their way. <laughs> right Now, if, thing, if things go wrong for them in the playoffs, everyone's going to say, oh, they suck, they lost again. Mm. I mean, is it that easy to just dismiss the season when you have historical things being accomplished with like the stuff that Freddie Freeman's done? Yeah, I, that's a really good question, Juan. Because the goalposts have indeed moved for the Dodgers as this season has gone on, right? You mentioned last offseason, everybody expected a changing of the guard of the National League West. And the Dodgers would get to the postseason, it was definitely going to be as one of those last two wildcard teams. And for the first couple months of this year, those takes seemed to be validated, right? Like they were kind of uneven out of the gates and they were sitting at third in the division and you're looking at all the rookies and the inexperience, whether it's Vargas or Outman, especially after James's hot month. And then you see an entire pitching staff. Forget the rotation. Pitching staff, too, because they had some bullpen weapons all on the injured list. And, and all the rookies, it was like, see, like this is this is not going to happen for this team. And they've had reclamation projects before, but and, and that the magic dust has run out. Like, it's not going to be Jason Hayward or Miguel Rojas or David. Pro- no way. Uh, 
and then they turned it on. Um, and now, as they've run away with the West again, people have been talking about it like, oh, see, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. Like, no, it, you, you didn't. You didn't think that. You weren't talking about that. That's just how good this team has been. Um, and they've had to do it in such a unique way. Um, and they've done it so differently from the other teams that this last decade plus of dominance that the Dodgers have enjoyed. So to that end, you cannot dis whatever happens in the post, you cannot dismiss 2023 because at the end of the day, this could, you, I, I feel regardless what happens, this is going to be looked at as a foundational year for this mm -hmm. organization moving forward. Okay. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen with the veterans and Jason Hayward and David Peralta and J.D. Martinez, Clayton Kershaw, of course. Who knows what's going to happen with them? But for the young guys, the fire that they were thrown into and grew through, the James Altmans, the Bobby Millers, the Emmett Sheehan's, the Ryan Pepios, the, the list goes on. The things that they learn this year will be so invaluable to them moving forward. And that's why I really feel because all those guys seem to be pillars to me. Those don't seem like flashes in the pan. Yeah. So that's why I think it's going to be foundational for them to being part of the next great Dodger core. So I don't think you can dismiss this year. That's on one hand. You do have to acknowledge, though, the taking advantage of opportunities for greatness, because people will say, like they did for Atlanta in 2018 when the Dodgers saw him in the DS. Ah, Atlanta's ahead of schedule. Sure, that may be true, and Atlanta has proved to be perennial contender since then, but you don't know that at the time. And you want to assume that the Dodgers will be perennial contenders because that's what they have been for forever at this point, but you don't know that they're going to get to this point again next year. So you want to maximize that opportunity because – who knows what's going to happen with Clayton Kershaw and J.D. Martinez and Jason Hayward, David Peralta, and on and on you go. So I think both can be true at the same time. It does not have to be one or the other. Absolutely. Look, I want to be respectful for your time because I know you got to call a game. Uh, Babyface, do you want to give him your MVP vote and see if he agrees? Ooh. I mean that that is so tough because it, it keeps changing. Like uh, obviously <laughs> in, in, in August, right? It was like, oh, you know, Mookie's running away with this thing, right? Then he's cooled off. Acuna's been like consistent like the entire season, but now you got Freddie Freeman, right? The first first yeah. baseman to be twenty twenty two hundred. Like, how do you ignore something like that, right? Like, I mean, I who who's gonna win that race? And then you got Matt Olson too, like uh, of course in Atlanta as well. It's like who's I, gonna win that race? I. I... Man, it, it is it is a wild year because the guys who are going to finish like a comfortable third and fourth in most years would win, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. whether it's Freddie or or Olsen in Atlanta. Uh, at this juncture, um, what are we on the 20, 23rd? The, what are we on the 23rd of September? Yes, sir. Uh, I, 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 my assumption is that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to win the National League MVP. I just think... Um, look, Mookie, it's undeniable that Mookie has cooled off at the plate this month. His slug is way, way down. And not even compared to just the historic August that he had. It's just down, period. And whether we want to um, like it, whether we like it or not, or want to acknowledge it or not, the MVP skews offensive. And for as much as we can, you know, 
slam on the horn for Mookie's defense and the, his versatility and the value that that has brought to this team this year. Uh, I don't think that the voting body is going to overlook uh, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s historic accomplishments. I mean, if he if he goes if he goes forty seventy, <laughs> like I mean, it's it's just bonkers and it's you know look one thing if he was 40 70 and he was hitting 280 and striking out you know 25 percent of the time or you know but he's cut his strikeout rate 10 percent. he's a, a complete hitter um I, I i i on an atlanta radio station before the final series against the braves here uh, i was asked the same question and at the time i I was like, I think it's Mookie's. And my rationale was, look, the Braves had eight all-stars. They had six position player all-stars. That doesn't even include Michael Harris II, who began playing like an all-star since June, and Marcel Ozuna, who's approaching 40 home runs. So, you know, all I've been hearing all year is this historically good Braves offense. Well, I'm not saying that the Dodgers offense is terrible. It's not. Right, it's a machine, especially with two outs. We, you know, we people in the weeds know how good the Dodgers' offense is, but it doesn't have six position player all stars. It had four, and JD Martinez has played how many games in the second half? Right, Right. like he has not. Mookie and Freddie have not had the same level of protection behind them the way that Acuna Jr. and Olsen have had. Now, while that may be true, that doesn't. I don't say that to disparage Ronald Acuna Jr. Again, I think he's ultimately going to win the award, but I just think that uh, the context that we can we can see objectively as Dodger fans, like looking looking at it for Mookie's case, I just don't think that that's going to be enough um, for the voting body. And if Mookie goes off here the last week and a half, um, you know, and he gets his 40th home run and he sets the the, the leadoff records. Um, and he kind of finishes on a high note, then, you know, maybe that uh, will change folks' minds. But I just think it's been such a, I just, it's just kind of, it seems like Acuna Jr.'s year. It just seems that way. Before we let you go, Stephen, just to settle an argument between Babyface and I, is Freddie Freeman in the same category as Ozzy Albies or vice versa? Wait, what? Thank you. All right, I'm no, the winner of he, that he, argument. He, he didn't set it up. He didn't set it he was trying to tell me that Ozzy Albies is not like a threat. Like he's not. No, an no, no, no. I wasn't threat. telling you he's not a threat. What I was telling you is that <laughs> Freddie Freeman is in a different level than Ozzy Albies. Yeah, he's in a different level. I'm not level, saying but, Ozzy but Albies is bad. Say, uh, Ozzy but Albies you can't put Ozzy is, Albies on the same level as Freddie Freeman. I, I'm I, just still guys, saying guys, that guys, this is like threat. watching mom. This is like watching mom and dad fight. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like being caught in the middle. Uh, I, 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 I look. I love Ozzy. I love talking to Ozzy Albies. And he's a really good baseball player, but he has not had the same level of excellence or consistency that Freddie Freeman has had. So I, I, if you're talking about in a vacuum 2023, even I don't put Ozzy Albies in the same class. Now, in terms of this, like what they mean to their respective teams, I could, I could, I could buy that argument. I could, I could hear it. Um, but I just think Freddie's a different caliber. Look, Stephen is I mean, a Freddie's, true Freddie's, Freddie's Freddie's like he's he's on the Cooperstown Highway. Like Ozzy Albies is like Hall of Very Good. Like oh, oh like, he was a really solid baseball player. That museum, like that's where he's going. 
You cannot argue with the man. He's a truth teller. He's not a homer. He's not a homer. He will sit here and tell us, hey, Acuna Jr. is the MVP. But anyway, Stephen, I know we've taken too much of your time already. We no, want to man. thank you so much for joining us. And congratulations on this year. I, I mean, like I said, it really has been seamless. I know we're spoiled here in Los Angeles with our broadcasters. We went from Vin to Joe Davis, and now if Joe Davis isn't calling the game, we have you. So we don't have to worry about our ears bleeding. Well, okay. Well, Juan and Roger, first and foremost, thank you for your time. You guys have been incredibly patient with me today. And really all year, this is so overdue. So I'm really glad that we finally got to do it. Again, I apologize for kind of just being this – this. Uh, well, difficult. You guess. had a kid. You had a kid, Stephen. You have an excuse. He has, he has two, I, like what, two under two or something like that, right? I, yeah, two. Yeah, two under two, and so we're figuring. We're we are we're trying to figure it out, and we are losing uh, currently. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we can overcome this early series deficit. Um, but yeah, again, I, I really just am grateful for for your time and the welcome. But to be clear, the drop off from those first two names you mentioned in Mr. Scully and Joe Davis to me is considerable. So uh, I'm just glad that I haven't ruined it for you guys. And uh, this is such a great opportunity. And my only focus is to just like earn it every single game. And um, you know, that that's not going to change, you know, as, as the years go on. So I, I, I don't take this for granted at all. And uh, where can our viewers, our listeners, where can they follow you on the social media, Stephen? Uh, so uh, don't waste your time like that one, but it's just, it's just, it's just my name. It's just Steven with a PH. I've, I will have admittedly like dropped off the face of the Twitter verse earth. Um, I just to, for my own uh, health and happiness. Um, um, but, but I'll, I'll pop on and check some DMS and I don't look at my notifications, uh, DMS and, uh, and pop on Instagram for some puppies and, and baby content to, to fill the happy tank some more, but um, yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. There you you won't, it, you won't, you won't, you won't find me, you know, on <laughs> tick. Yeah. I know. No, you won't find me doing that on the, the talk tick, tick tock, tick tock. There you, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, Steven Nelson has confirmed <laughs> social media is not real, but anyways, thank you so much for joining us on the show, Steven. Good luck on the call tonight. Hey, God bless you and your families, fellas. We'll do it again soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And a big thank you once again to Sportsnet LA Dodgers broadcaster Stephen Nelson for joining us on the show. As Stephen mentioned, we had been trying to get him on the show the whole season, so we're glad that uh, he was finally able to join us. Uh, Babyface, one of the things that surprised me, and I don't know if had you heard, I don't think I had ever heard him or anybody that was involved with the Apple Friday Night broadcast from last year talk about it. And to hear him say that he met Katie Nolan like minutes before they broadcast their first game and the fact that I knew they wanted them to do something different. And I honestly, I didn't think they were bad. I, I really didn't think they were bad. The fact that it was something different, I, I get it. I, I think there is a little truth to what Stephen had said, uh, whether it's intentional or not. But 
when you make comments like, well, they got that woman on there talking, it's the definition of misogyny right there, you know? So I, I found it. Have you ever heard him or anybody else talk about that experience? I had not heard it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we've talked about that whole Apple thing too. Like, I mean, cause last, it was like really weird. Like all of a sudden, like Apple TV is like, they're showing baseball games. Right. And then when you tuned in, like, I mean, I guess it, it did work, right. They wanted something different cause it did feel different. Like in, and maybe that that was the turnoff because it 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 just felt really kind of different, like the 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 broadcast this year. I think uh, to me it kind of feels like a little bit more normal when when I've heard an Apple TV game this this season. So, but yeah, I mean, just uh, it, I mean, the Dodgers and the Giants just played on Friday, and yeah. I feel like do you think they heard the criticism from last year and just told these guys? Go back to just being a traditional baseball broadcast. I mean, that's the thing, though, too. Like, it it was a brand new thing, right? Like, and, and when you start something brand new, right, you're just going to, okay, let's go out there and see what we can do. And then as you go, as you progress, right, you're going to change things. This is working. This isn't working. And I think probably that's kind of where they felt like there was things they wanted to try. And maybe that didn't work. And like they're going to look, we'll keep what's working. We'll keep what's not working and progress. I mean. Look, but go. I, I challenge our, our listeners go listen to episode one of the Bleed Lows podcast <laughs> and tell us if, if things have changed from here and we're on the cusp of 200 episodes. So, yeah, look, I'm happy for the guy because I don't think he could have landed in a better spot, you know, because they, he, and I mean, Katie Nolan probably took m- most of the shit, right? But for him to leave that situation in Apple. And land here with the Dodgers. And you, you and I, we had this conversation back when Joe Davis was on the show. How much longer is Joe Davis going to do this, right? He's the voice of, of baseball for Fox. You know, he does football. He's got young kids. How much longer does he want to be away from those kids, right? Being If he does the game of the week once a week, he's doing football once a week, that allows him a lot more time to stay home. Plus, Joe Davis is making a, a pretty penny, right? So if all of a sudden Joe Davis decides, you know what, I, I don't know if I want to do the everyday pay-by-play, Steve Nelson, Steven Nelson, I think, might be a very good candidate. I, I don't have a problem, uh, you know, with that. I mean, Steven Nelson is a very accomplished, I think he's very polished uh, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Stephen Nelson. And again, that's how lucky we are here with the Dodgers that we've had broadcasters that e- even the guys on the radio side, I think they're all great. The Dodgers have really good broadcasters. Yeah. I mean, I think just what the problem is always going to be like with the Dodgers is like, especially like if you've followed this team for a long time, everybody's always going to be in the shadow of Vin and, yeah. And we've we've spoken to them. They're not trying to be Vin, right? They're not trying to replace Vin. They're their own person, but they're always going to be like, ah, I listen to Vin Scully. This is how I grew up, and this is how I feel. And Joe Davis, though, I mean, to be fair, Joe Davis is, I think he's really good. Like, you know, he, he incorporates a lot of the stuff that Vin did, like the stories, right? He, a lot of storytelling. But, in, but he's completely different, right? And, and then Steven Nelson's his own person, too, right? So he does his own thing, right? And they're they're all going to be different, and they're all going to be good in their own special way. But like you said, I mean, we cannot compare them to Vince Scully because Vince Scully obviously is the greatest of all time. And, and it's not fair to these other guys or, or anybody in that booth to compare them to, you know, the great Vin. 
You're absolutely right, and you bring up a very good point. While I don't think these guys are trying to be Vin Scully, I don't think you can deny the influence of Vin Scully. I think that stuff is just, it just comes, it, it just, you may not know it. You know, if if they're if you're influenced by someone, I think it's very easy for you to mimic their delivery, to to mimic the things that you do. And you may not do it intentionally, but you were so used to hearing that you're so like for those of you who don't know, when we end the show and I say, you are see those who said that is my homage to Jaime Harin. Because Jaime Harin always said that when on the Dodgers broadcast, he would refer to himself as Yosido Su Servidor. And I, I, again, it, it's just, it's one of those things where I feel like I don't think people are trying to be Vin Scully, but maybe trying to be as great. We should just give them an opportunity. Just uh, stop focusing on the past and just enjoy the broadcasting because we could have announcers from other teams. And I know other people here broadcasters from other teams and go oh these guys are terrible right i i'm just I, what i was wondering is do you see yourself could nelson eventually maybe end up replacing joe davis if joe De davis decides to leave i mean i could probably see that right i mean i think he'd probably be one of the main you know candidates for that i mean i mean the thing with joe davis too is like I mean, like you mentioned, like the guy is busy, right? Like, like now half the time, half the time that I t put on a Dodgers game, I'm kind of more surprised that Joe Davis is actually there <laughs> than when he's not there, right? Because like, yeah, he's, he's so busy. Like he's got the college football, he's got like other stuff that he's doing, and like you said, he's got kids. You know, he's got he's kind of he's really risen up in in the ranks of like of when you look at the top in any any announcement in, in anything not just baseball right because he's doing you know the, the college football that stuff he's right at the top so like you said you know hey we have joe let's enjoy joe as long as we have him in that booth because like you said eventually i i think he's gonna he's gonna definitely move on i mean he's not gonna be no vin scully right no 60 plus years there right yeah but, you know but you know we do have these other people that are coming in like steven nelson that are doing great and and you know, I, I like you said. I I still I do feel that we are spoiled when we do get a lot of great broadcasters. And like you said, they're not necessarily homers, right? No. Like like you listen to Stephen Nelson. I don't consider him a homer. Sometimes when I put on another broadcast, I kind of feel that vibe. Like some of like some of the other teams, like they're really yeah. like like homers. And and I think we just you know we we get it for what it is. Yeah, just just tell the truth. Just call it the way it is, man. So, uh, again, a big thank you to Stephen Nelson for joining us. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully you did, too. Uh, this is the time where I remind everybody to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell people who are not aware. Of, what, what is the Big Bleed Lows podcast? If you guys know other Dodger fans that aren't listening to this show, tell them why they should listen to this show. Also... Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. We have we have content on the YouTube channel that's not on the podcast. Like Alicia and I just recently interviewed Jonas Never. Jonas Never just did the new Mariachi Joe mural. I saw there was a huge line to take pictures of it. Uh, Babyface, you were there on Friday. It seemed like it was a lot more crowded or maybe it was just because of that game. I think that game was sold out on Friday, right? It was sold out. It was Mariachi Joe. Bob, it's basically 
it was his you know bobblehead night uh on the youtube channel you might go there and be like there's a lot of mariachi joe <laughs> content on there right now you know we were out at his book signing uh you know the the bobblehead we have the jonas thing um so a lot of stuff on, on mariachi joe right now um but yeah the game was sold out those bobbleheads were like flying off the shelves and people are trying to sell those things for like 100 bucks so if you got one hold on to that yeah, so as I said, we have content on our YouTube channel. We also have audio content. So just subscribe, 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 so you can be made aware of when we are dropping new content. Yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramírez, de parte de mi colega Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.